0: All right, guys, this is um Pilfrow, Rock Bottom to Recovery, episode twenty-five. Uh today our guest is uh Jay Keefe. Uh Jay is, is gonna talk about um his story, which has to do with alcohol addiction and recovery. Is that correct, Jay? Correct. So um where did where did you grow up, Jay? I grew up right next door in Braintree. Ah, I'm a local guy. Braintree kid, yep. And um uh, i actually know um jay from the gym how did we actually meet
1: i think it was either through a mutual friend or just bumping into each other at the gym at the gym yeah Hmm. i know we had
0: um i was telling jay earlier we did a uh, we did a video i think was it a couple of years ago yep <sighs> so it had kind of we were trying to break the uh, uh the, st- the stigma of addiction or I, I forget what we were trying to do but um um we had a couple of people come in and they talked and everything and the, you know, it turned out to be a lot more editing and uh, a lot more work and never really got it up and rolling. So one of the things that I told Jay that I wanted to do was to have him on the podcast to talk about his alcohol addiction, how we get started um, recovery, because uh, what we find is uh, people's testimonies are extremely powerful. Um, You know, uh, people need to hear that, you know, you can uh, be stuck in addiction, but you can also recover, which is the most important part of it. But was the uh, first uh, time you took a drink, you remember?
1: I do. I'll never forget it, actually. I was about, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. And so, whatever, 14 ish? Yeah. And uh, it was early September. I m- remember specifically, it was very nice out. And a friend of mine had an older brother who bought me and three of my friends a case of beer. Nice. What kind of beer? Miller Lite. Miller Light. Yep. <laughs> so we had six beers each, and we sat around. His parents were away for the weekend. So you d- divided <coughs> it up equally. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> That's we did. very nice. Probably first, last, and only <laughs> time I've ever divided it up equally. <laughs> so we sat around his kitchen table. And we started playing drinking games, and by the second or third beer, I felt the effect. Yeah. And I fell in love with it. Yeah. It actually, it it just completely flipped the switch, for lack of a better term, and I just instantly loved how it made me feel. Did it relax you? It relaxed me. It made me feel charming and attractive and witty and... Outgoing, You were all those things, Jay. I, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was actually a very shy kid, Yeah. Um, kind of introverted, um, reserved. And alcohol just immediately made me feel invincible. Yeah. It, it just took me out of myself, gave me all the courage that I thought I needed. So by the time I finished my sixth beer, I was very heavily buzzed. And I remember distinctly we walked from my neighborhood to a dance about a mile and a half away. And I remember seeing a very attractive girl. And because I was drunk, I walked right up to her, nice. talked to her, and she talked back. And that was it. I fell in love with alcohol yeah. that, that night. How can
0: you go wrong, right? Well, yeah. If You're drinking a little and, and it gives you the courage to walk up to a pretty girl. And, and then she starts talking back to you. Yep. Yeah, I yep. get that. uh, you know what um ninth grade is when i started drinking too um and uh, i think we skipped school if i remember correctly and we grew up in jamaica plain yeah so we went up to the um arnold arboretum and we were drinking up there we actually same thing we go well we had we got someone to buy us booze um at the liquor store you get away with that back in the day and uh yeah, um, I, we got really drunk, and then um, somebody had the bright idea for me to go to school and bring some girls back. <laughs> so your story actually worked out a little bit better than mine, because I didn't bring any girls back. But I did sit through English class drunk. That <laughs> was as wasted as could be. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I know I must have staggered. The uh, English teacher called my name to give me a paper or something. They staggered up to the front and um, sat <clears throat> me or you? Not me. My
1: oh, fo- it's me. My phone's off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's my uh that's my buddy Billy Curtis. Nobody likes him. I'm his only friend, so he calls me all the time. I'm going to have to tag him in this now too so we can watch the video. <laughs> but um yeah, so um I don't know, she gave me the paper and then I um I uh texted <laughs> back to my seat. I actually sat through the class and then I left and went back to meet everybody, and I didn't bring any girls with me. So, but yeah, so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. so uh, right around the same time, ninth grade. And um, so then what happened after that? How did it? Um
1: it escalated pretty quickly, a lot more quickly than I ever would have imagined. I became a weekend warrior, you know, um, drinking Friday and Saturday nights. Um, we always had a buyer. Um, I had a lot of older friends. My neighborhood was inundated with kids and yeah. you know anywhere between the ages of 10 and 20 there was like 60 of us so there was always older kids around to buy alcohol and you know starting monday morning at school that's all i thought about yeah where are we getting the booze how are we going to get it how much are we going to get where are we going to drink when we do get it and that um that was my high school life um so when you talked about uh, planning it you you for the next weekend yeah okay absolutely
0: so you were hitting it every weekend Pretty hard. You yep. know, in the Marine Corps, they call that utilizing your seven Ps. Yeah. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just so you know. <laughs> so you are planning Monday yep. for the weekend.
1: Yeah. Okay. For the weekend. <laughs> so go ahead. And then then that eventually would turn into Sundays as well. But as you know, back then, um, there was no uh, uh, liquor stores open on Sundays. That's right. So no. we'd, we'd take the 40-mile trip to the New Hampshire State Line. Um, grab as much beer as we could, come back, play softball. And, um, yeah, it just escalated where it was every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But what what was the telltale sign at the time was, like I just said, the obsession was, that's all I thought about. Yeah. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, <coughs> Wednesday morning, I was always thinking about Friday night. And there were nights where I couldn't find people to drink with. Um, I'd still drink, though. Yeah. You know, and it just, it, it got pretty to the point where I was in honor level classes as a freshman and sophomore, and then I made the brilliant decision going into my junior year to drop down mm-hmm. to the lower level classes to, yeah. be, to be with the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> um, not concerned about my education or where I was going to college. I yeah. just wanted to be with the cool kids.
0: But you were in the honors class.
1: I was, So yeah. you had the potential. Oh, I absolutely yeah. had the potential. I was, I was a very good student up until sophomore year. And that's when the, the alcohol really started kicking in. Yeah. Yep. And I dropped down to lower levels to be with the cool kids. And I remember even in 11th grade, for whatever reason, in Braintree High, you didn't have to take a math class. Um, so I had like two classes a day. That's it. Really? And five free classes. Yeah. For one semester in my junior year, I only had two classes. Wow. So I utilized that to the best of my ability to leave school and just be irresponsible. I started smoking pot. And you could get away with that a little bit more easily to be high in school. Yeah. You know, just act like an idiot and play dumb. Yep. And, you know, by the time I graduated high school, it was... It was every single weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you grad, but you graduated? Barely. Yeah. Barely. I actually had to go to summer school for math class. <clears throat> so I'm quite popular, Jay. I can tell. As you can
0: see. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you just barely graduated. Barely. Yep. And you graduated from Braintree High? I did. Yeah. Yep. In ninety one. All oh, right, ninety yeah. one. I graduated from Randolph High. My parents moved from Jamaica Plain in high school to Randolph High. So, yeah, I think I barely graduated myself too. And what did you do after high school?
1: Well, because I wanted to find myself, yeah. like any good kid does, I took yeah. a year off, which was just an excuse to drink. I took a year off to try to figure out if I was going to go to college or not. Yeah. Then that really, really escalated my drinking. <laughs> I was unemployed. I was not going to college. All of my friends were employed. And almost every night I would grab a 12-pack and a couple of joints and just cruise around the neighborhood and just get wasted. Yeah. Where, where was your family when all, with all this? My mom was working um, as a nurse, and she always had the weird shift. It was like either like 3 to 11 or 11 yeah. to 7. 11 to 7 for a budding alcoholic was awesome because she slept until about 9 o'clock and then she'd get up and go to work all night. Yep. So if I was out, I was out. Right. You know, and by the time I got home, she was already at work. And she, she never really picked up on the, um,
0: you're drinking or?
1: Not until <coughs> a little bit later. I had gone to um, a keg party in Quincy one day and because I was so nervous and so insecure and so out of my element, you know, a around a bunch of different kids that I didn't know, I drank so fast and so much that I vaguely remember jumping on the tea to take the tea home, stumbling down my hill and into my bedroom. And it was only like three o'clock when I did that. Three o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And I kind of woke up from, from that, from being passed out. And my mother was screaming at me. She's like, you're drunk. You have a problem. And, I, of course, I just rolled over and went back to sleep. But that yeah. was the first time where I think she ever really noticed. Yeah. She addressed it. Yeah. 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 You know how I got caught by my mother?
0: Uh, over the phone. She called home to see w- what was going on. And I I, um, I answered it. She's like, who's there? I'm like, everybody. She's like, who? <laughs> everybody. In the house? And I said, what? And she's like, who's in the house? And I go, Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, nothing. She goes, something's wrong. Something's not right. And um, I hung up the phone. And she only worked uh, like maybe a uh, couple of streets over at that time. But for whatever reason, I remember thinking, um, oh, man, I think, you know, I got to get out of here. Because uh, I think I just gave myself away. Yeah. And uh, I, it's just amazing how in those moments I kind of sobered up real quickly um so I took off down the stairs, went out and I got I made it to the park and then I hear her screaming. She's like "Billy!" Oh. And I I walked all the way over. She's like "What's wrong with you?" and I'm like "Nothing." Uh obviously there was something wrong, but right. I don't think that she she knew at that time. Um so she worked for the uh it was the Brookside Clinic. So she they took me back to the um, to the clinic, and what they gave me was a sobriety test. Really? Yeah, and they came out and they're like, uh, "Ma'am, your uh, son's drunk," wow. and she was just like,
1: "Ah, <laughs> yeah."
0: And that was it. So that was the first time my mother had addressed that. But so, yeah. So then, what happened um, after that? Like,
1: so your mom kind of <clears throat> she was kind of on to me. Um, <coughs> I finally decided to go back to school the next year. I wasn't taking it seriously at all. I was just doing it to kind of appease my parents. Yeah. So I ended up going to Massasoit College down in Brockton um, for a semester or two. But every night I was still out drinking. Wow. Every night um, as much as I could. And, you know, I tried to justify it by saying, well, I'm going to school and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And it just just escalated. I finally got a job. Um, with Verizon when I was 23. Yep. And that, that was supposed to be, you know, a career. Yeah. Y- you know, being from the, the area that it's just, you know, good benefits, good pay. Yep. Et cetera. And I never took it seriously. Mm-hmm. I was a horrible employee. I did what I was supposed to do. I never did anything more than I was supposed to do. It was always the bare minimum just to get by. And... At that point in my drinking, I was drinking excessively. I could always stop yeah, for X amount of days, weeks, months, but I could never stay stopped. Yeah. And while I was stopped, I was such an irritable, yep. angry person. Yeah. Like just so short-tempered and impatient. And, and that showed in my work, especially with Verizon. I was always in trouble. I was always suspended, always getting written up because I just didn't care. Yeah, You know? How long did you um <coughs> did you how long did you stay with Verizon? I was with Verizon from 96, April of 96 until June of 2010, so just about 14 years, a little over wow. 14 years. And they
0: put up with you all that time?
1: They did, although. <laughs> 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 Uh-oh, although, <laughs> although I managed to get fired twice yeah from a union job yep which i'm sure you know is almost impossible yeah it is almost impossible to get fired once yeah i got fired twice wow
0: so that's um, that's pretty cool yeah yeah something to be proud of. so you got back
1: and they fired you again i got back and i actually (laughs) remember i i went back the first time and it was on my i think it was like my 28th birthday like my actual birthday i returned to work that day and it was a Monday and I was so hungover and I didn't even want to be back there. Yeah. But what else was I gonna do? Right. You know, it was like a free paycheck. All I had to do was show up. What did they fire you for? Drinking? No. Um <clears throat> I actually was fired for I think it was timesheet falsification. Oh okay. It was, it was a long, complicated story. Yeah. But of course I w I wasn't it was all on me. I wasn't I was right. doing the wrong thing. Right. You know? You didn't it's care. Nobody's fault but mine. Were you drinking all day? Not at that point. I would be able to hold off until 4 or 5 o'clock. Okay. And then as soon as my shift ended, I, I would start drinking. And what time would you go? Would you black out? Towards the end? No. What had happened is halfway through my Verizon career, I actually changed locations from Rosendale to South Boston, and my shift changed. So yeah. now it was noon to 8, Okay. which is a perfect shift for yeah, an alcoholic. It is. Sure. So I would – and most bosses would leave – four Or five o'clock, so for the last three hours of the day, I had nobody to report to, and I was out in my own truck driving all around Boston anyway. And I would start drinking at that point, I started drinking usually around five o'clock. Yeah, I would just leave the truck where it was supposed to be. They eventually put GPS on our truck, so it had to be close to where my job was. Yep, and then uh, I would, you know, I mean, I worked in Boston, there's a bar in every corner, that's right, so leave the truck where it was, walk to a bar. Start with a shot and a, a beer and, you know, drink moderately for the next couple of hours. Then I'd drunkenly drive back to drop the truck off. And I remember specifically I would stop at a liquor store on uh, West Broadway in Southie. Yep. And it got to the point where as soon as they saw me getting out of my truck, they would have my little bag. them <laughs> oh man. Four nips. Of the nips. Jose Cuervo and two Coors Light. 16-ounce. And I would drink those six drinks in the eight-mile commute from South Eater to Milton. Mind you, it was 8.30 at night, so there was no traffic. Right. So it was a
0: 12-minute ride. That's crazy. The Packy, that's what we call it here in Boston if you're watching from another part of United States. They call packy anywhere else? I don't think so. I had this conversation yesterday. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, someone's like, What's a package store? I'm like, What
1: do you mean? It's a packy. The packy.
0: Yeah. It's where you go. <laughs> and if you're a good customer, they have your stuff waiting for you as yep. soon as you walk through the door. Yeah. That's a packy. Wow. So, like, and you, would you do that every
1: night? Every single night. Man. Did you ever, like, feel the physical effects? Like, yes. Well, not to the extent of, wh- I mean, I didn't have to get up at <clears> six. Because I didn't have to be at work That's until right. noon. So you could sleep in. I could sleep in. And then, you know, my ex-wife and the kids were out of the house by the time I kind of got up and got going. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't really feel the effects. Um, at that point, I was kind of pickled. Like, it was just in my system. Yeah. And I was just drinking to maintain some sense of normalcy. Yep. And, I mean, even after taking the ride home from work, I would always find an excuse to walk by dogs. You know, at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then I'd go to the packet down the street and get another four nips and another two cores Light. Wow. And drink those six drinks on the half-hour walk walking the dogs. Wow. And that was every single night for the last two years of my drinking. Wow. So how many years, like, uh, how many, so
0: from 13, mm-hmm. and when did you quit? What age? 36. 36. So you had, a good, you had a good run there. Mm-hmm. That's a good, solid run, Jay. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, so obviously, what day, when did you get married? um 2000 s- i should probably know this one huh? 2007 2007 yeah so you got married and you obviously were drinking then right yes heavily and so um obviously that didn't work out because right. you said your ex-wife yes and that was because of the
1: booze yes that was yeah. a huge part of it talk about that absolutely well <laughs> i mean it was just i was like i said i mentioned earlier that when i wasn't drinking i was irritable yeah short-tempered I sweat the small stuff with everything. Yep. Um, I was kind of, I don't want to say thrown in, that sounds harsh, but I was kind of inserted into an instant family. She had three small kids from her prior marriage. Okay. And they were one, three, and six when I met them. Right. So I had no direction in life. I knew I didn't want to be with Verizon, but I knew it was kind of like the golden handcuffs. Yeah. Let me stay here and get this check and make all this money, but not really do anything. Right. But I know I'm not happy here. So that was always in my subconscious, dealing with three young kids. And and I actually forgot to mention this. I had severe OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. When I drank, it went away. Yeah. But when I was sober and having to be a stepdad and be around the house, I mean, with two dogs and three kids, of course the house is going to be a mess. Right. Drove me insane. Yep. And I was completely irritable about it, completely, you know, I was just freaking out about the smallest little things. So that was a big contributing factor to the divorce, drinking on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, I just, I wasn't a good person. Right. In in any, in any fashion at all. I wasn't right. a good husband, stepdad, you know, I was just a you miserable,
0: miserable. person. Yeah. 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 Uh, totally uh, miserable.
1: And so, um, so you ended up getting divorced. Yeah. And what, yeah. How long were you married for? We were together for about <coughs> nine years before we got married. Then we got married. We were only married for two years. Nine years, huh? Mm-hmm. Didn't she pick up on that? Yep. <laughs> She's still married, yeah. Huh? <laughs> one of the first things she said is, "I have three kids. I don't want a fourth one," yeah. meaning me. Yeah. Um, but you got it. Yeah, she. I mean, we. You know, we were madly in love. Yeah. We had a lot in common. We had a lot of fun. Um, we did a lot of traveling together. And, you know, I I just think that people can sometimes turn a blind eye. Yeah. You know. And and, and I, I should say this too, because I'm sure there's people that can relate. I wasn't a belligerent drunk. Right. I wasn't violent. I wasn't sloppy. I I wasn't I was if anything, I was happy. Yeah. Happier than So being you were fun fun in a way to be around. Yeah. 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 I so. was happier and I was certainly more easygoing. Yeah. So even around the the kids I don't think they knew that I was technically drunk. Right. But, you know, nine o'clock at night after I've had ten drinks. I, I'm laid back, and I'm not sweating the small stuff. Right. So that was better for them. And then the next morning, of course, they'd have to walk on eggshells because I was a bad... there yeah. and yeah, mean and Miserable, nasty. yeah. Yeah. I was a violent drunk. You
0: were? I was. And um, if for whatever reason, uh, I've always, I always tried to start fighting for people bigger than me. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't course. a very smart, <laughs> violent drunk, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a... But I, I only... Um, I, I only did it on the weekends. I only drank for five years. I probably had a good five-year run. And you know what I remember? I was thinking about this when uh, I was driving over today. Um, So I was trying to think, like, you know, obviously, um, I I remember I was in freshman um, in high school. But it was right around, it was a Larry Cooney, uh, no, Jerry Cooney-Larry Holmes fight. Mm -hmm. Because um, I remember I got punished For drinking, so I couldn't watch the fight. I think it might have been a replay, so it was right around that time. So you can Google that and find out what year that was. But, um, (coughs) yeah, I I, I always started fights, and I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't. Just because? Yeah, (laughs) just because. Now I was filled with rage. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so um, like I said, five years, and then um, I had to go rehab a couple of times. And and then I... uh, I, I think the second time, trip to rehab, I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up killing myself. Did you do rehab? What did you end up? I did rehab three times. Three times. No,
1: yep. Now, now how did that work? So how did you end up going to that first rehab? Uh, the first <coughs> time, I always get the first and second time mixed up, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. But I went down to Gosnold, um, down in Falmouth. And I, I think they were starting to pick up on it at work. Yeah. Like, just showing up, like, just looking like hell. Yeah. And, and because it was a union job, that, you know, in this day and age, they're going to take care of their employees first when it comes to addiction. Right. Which is good. That's how it should be. Um, so I kind of, they're like, you need to go do something about your behavior or, or else, you know. So I, I decided to go
0: to rehab. But you were doing that on your own? Like it wasn't through work, work just
1: kind of suggested? Well, it was kind of through work. Okay. It was through the union, I should say. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, okay. the union got me the bed at Gosnold. That's good. You know, and a union guy reco- in recovery drove me down there. Yep. Um, which was weird because you have to be drunk when you show up. Yeah. So it's just like kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, I'm you know, driving down to the Cape drinking beer the yeah. whole ride down there. <laughs> um so that was the first time wait did they um uh, did they stop and get you some bib for yeah. the ride oh yeah
0: because yeah. you had to
1: be drunk to get yeah. in
0: isn't that is that is i wonder if that's still like that i doubt it nowadays i mean this will, well i don't know i think when it comes to um like the opiate so, um addiction i think you have to have something in your system because yeah. i i know um some pe- i've listened to people talk about um that they clean and sober in the moment, and they're trying to get treatment, but they can't because they haven't used, which right. is, I it, don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah.
1: So you ended up in uh, Gosnell. Mm-hmm. All right. And how'd that work the first time? Um, both. All three times, actually. I wasn't doing it for, for myself. Right. So I went. Honestly, it was almost like a mini vacation for me. I, You know, I get to get out of myself. I get to stay. in. And Gosnell's one of the nicer places. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And the food was amazing. Yeah, I gained ten pounds both times I was there. All well, three <laughs> times I was there. <laughs> so, see, the or smoke cigarettes, so I just ate. Well, you probably weren't eating that
0: much anyways when no. you were drinking, right? because no. most people don't. So yeah, yeah. No. So it'd probably be easy to <laughs> put on some weight if yeah. you start eating food. Yeah. So all day, every day. Yeah. So um, yeah. So wait. So Gosnell, you went twice to Gosnell, or all three, three times? Times. Yeah. Okay. So they they knew you then on the third time. Yeah. Hey, Jay, yeah. welcome back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey.
1: Good and to this, see you. This was over the course of, I don't know, I think it was three years maybe. Yeah. Like three or four years. But like I said, I wasn't doing it for myself. I was either doing it for my ex-wife or work or family. I yeah. was, it was just to appease yep. them, which is we're so good at that. Yeah. Let, let me Let me get the heat off my back so I'll do what they tell me to do. Right. But I certainly wasn't going for myself. So, any
0: any of those times when you were in the um, um, the treatment center, were you? Was there a period of sobriety?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, there was. um, (coughs) I think after the first time I got out, and I was I shouldn't say sober. I was not drinking for I think nine months, and I wasn't going to any twelve step meetings. I wasn't. I just it was. I was just abstinent from drinking. And then one night, my friend said, "Let's go to the tent or the water club, whatever it used to be." Yeah, the tent. I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, tent. way back. <laughs> yeah. The tent. And you know, thirteen Coronas later, I'm like, I guess I'm not <laughs> sober anymore.
0: Let me ask you something, Mike. Because it, so I think um, the first time I went to uh, rehab, I came out, and I probably had a very similar eight months. I and mean, then right around eight months, mm-hmm. and um, I went to. A, I ended up going to a house party. I was in the Marines at the time, so I was. I was in California. But I felt, like, um, uh, a sense of guilt. It only lasted. Oh, when you L- drank? Yeah. Oh, Like, yeah. G- like I, I just, I was, like, eight months, and then I kind of, you know, started drinking again. And just for a very brief moment, I was like, oh, man can't believe back to square one yeah and uh so there was a little bit of guilt but i always remember thinking it didn't last long i was right back into the swing of things and and then obviously i went back did you experience any a little bit of guilt of course and how long
1: did it last for Uh, four minutes (laughs) 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 after that first yeah yeah and then and it's and of course every every hangover you at least i personally would be remorseful yeah you know like what am i doing here i am again But then you know you wait eight, ten hours, and you start the whole process all over again, yeah, and as soon as you have that first beer, it's like, "Oh, I feel fine now. It's amazing how you can be hung over and feel like like you're
0: on the brink of death, begging, as we you know the big joke was around the porcelain, yeah toilet yep. praying yep. to the porcelain, porcelain God, yep. I'm never gonna drink again, yeah, and then like I don't know, like you said, eight hours later, you're like, "All right, let's go, yeah, yeah. let's do it, yeah, so um, um. The third time,
1: Mr. Gosnold, when did you get serious about your sobriety? I Actually, this is the funny thing, is I wasn't even, the third time wasn't even for myself either. And it was, I, I was done at that point, but yeah. I didn't know it. Um, I went the third time. I was there for, I think, three days. I was supposed to be there for five or seven. Yeah. And you too was in town. And I'm a big U2 fan. Yep. So I checked myself out against medical advice so I could go to the U2 concert. Priorities. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about priorities. (laughs) So I checked myself out, go to the U2 concert, which was on a Monday night. It was on a Monday night? Yeah. Don't remember the show. Wow, that's crazy. And I drove there, which is the scary part. And then there was a second show the following night on Tuesday. And... I was so drunk that I didn't go to that show. Yeah. Then it was the first time in 20 years that I had missed a U2 show in the Boston area. Wow. So, I mean, it talk about insanity. Yeah. I checked myself out of a rehab to go to a U2 show, get so drunk I can't go to the second U2 show. Yeah. And at that point, I was out of my house. Um, my ex had asked me to leave. I was living with my brother in his boiler room, sleeping on a futon. Yeah. And... I didn't even stop that night. I I drank more than I've ever drank in my life over the next 10 days. Yeah. Nonstop, (laughs) 24-7. And? And then I woke up on October 4th, 2009, and I I never fall asleep on my back because I snore. Yeah. And I woke up, and I was on my back, and I had tears streaming down my face. I was crying. I woke up crying. So I must have been dreaming about something. And I got up to go to the bathroom. And I came back from going to the bathroom. I was going to go back to bed and pass out. And something, for some reason, told me to get on my knees. Yeah. And so I got on my knees and I prayed to a God that I didn't believe in yep. whatsoever. Because I didn't know what else to do. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't an elaborate prayer. By any means, it was, I need help. Please help me. Yeah. And later that day, I, I picked up the phone, and I, I called a friend and, and asked him to take me to a 12-step meeting. And he did. And I got my 24-hour chip. And I've been sober ever since. Wow. That's crazy.
0: Like, uh, just to, to, to what, was the, what was the, was it a sense? Was
1: it, what that, that said, get on your knees? I don't <coughs> know. I remember distinctly. Um, waking up and just tears and just congested and just, it felt like the weight of the world was on my chest. Yeah. And I don't know why I imagined this. I've never even held a gun in my life, yeah. but I wanted there to be a, and I remember distinctly, I'm like, can you please put a black nine millimeter on the nightstand next to me? Because yeah. I want to put it in my mouth and I want to pull the trigger. <laughs> right. and And that's what I was wishing for. Because I really wanted to end my life. Yeah. I was that desperate and that hopeless. And then, I don't know, something between getting up to go to the bathroom and coming back, something just said, get on your knees. Yeah. you know. Was it a voice? I don't know if it was a voice <coughs> or a feeling yeah. or something. I mean, I was raised Catholic. Yep. But at the time, I didn't. I was atheist i yeah. wasn't like angry at god or anything i just didn't believe you know just like the rest of us yeah. catholics <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we exactly go and yeah then we go and do
0: our thing yeah 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 so maybe who knows that's that's uh, that's kind of incredible that um that you know that you had that sense or whatever to drop down and nothing crazy just a simple help me mm-hmm. help me
1: yeah
0: um and um that's excellent so how long
1: have you been sober for It'll be nine years in October.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thanks. You, do you do the program? I do. 12-step program? Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't be alive, never mind sober, yeah. if I didn't. Well, one of the things,
0: uh, in you know, if people are watching, um, this is uh, Rock Bottom to Recovery uh, podcast. So we're on Facebook um, uh, live right now, but we're also on iTunes and Podbean, so you can go back. I think we're at number 25 episodes, but... Um, Today we're talking with Jay Keith and we're talking about alcohol addiction and recovery um, and uh, but one of the reasons that we started this podcast was uh, so we could talk about all the different roads to recovery and everything so <clears throat> you know I know there's a lot of people out there that they don't want to do the twelve step program I never did the twelve step program um, I just quit i don't I, and I've always said I have no idea how I was able just to s- stay um I know I I made a few changes. I stopped hanging around with certain individuals um, because, you know, I just, I couldn't be around them because I'd always drink and everything. Um, But uh, I've always said my, I come from a family of, you know, people that are in the 12-step program. So it's always been there and it's been around and I've seen what it's done for them. So it works. Um, I, I personally would not recommend somebody trying to get clean and sober on your own. Um, mm-hmm. I would recommend, highly recommend some type of a program. And the 12-step programs work. And and the thing about the 12-step <coughs> program is, obviously, it's helped you to get sober, but it also gives you steps to begin to fix your life. Absolutely. Um, do you want to talk about those a little bit and how they've... Yeah, uh, Yep. How they worked with you? Without getting into specifics? Yeah, um, without getting into specifics. Yeah,
1: it, it's it in in essence, and I, I hate to simplify it because I, anybody watching who is in the 12-step program is probably going to be pissed at me, but yeah. uh, when people who aren't in the program ask me what the 12 steps are about, it's it, it, I can break it down into four words. Do the right thing. Yeah. And, and I hate to simplify it like that, but when I say that, I mean with everything. Right. Like w- in your work, in your relationships, yeah. be honest, don't lie, cheat, steal do the right thing you let people go in traffic you know put your trash cans away you know what i mean yeah everything yeah and when you start doing that you start becoming a better person and it's (coughs) really is a blueprint for life yeah to the point and this is going to sound excessive but i think some form of the 12-step program should be taught in grammar school yeah just just to teach people you know just how to be respectful of others because as alcoholics at least me personally, I was so self-centered and so selfish. I never thought about anyone else. Right. So you always try to put others first and just do the right thing on a daily basis. And when you don't do the right thing, when you do stray, which we're going to do because we're right. alcoholics and humans, so we have yep. two strikes against us. You go back and you 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 make amends and you you know you make yeah. it right immediately. So do you go like um, my so my um,
0: my uh, father um, used to go um, every uh, Friday night and go over to um, BC. Mm-hmm. And uh, he man. passed. He passed in 2001. That's why he doesn't go anymore, obviously. But but he used to go um, to, um, every Friday night. It was just, it was like his routine. Mm-hmm. Do you have a routine like that? I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's <coughs> as you know, I'm a, a personal trainer as well. Yep. And, and I equated the very similar fitness and recovery because, you know, in order for me to stay spiritually healthy, yep. I need to have some kind of regimen, some right. kind of structure. So I try to hit anywhere between four and six meetings a week. Wow, that's a lot. It is. Yeah, But it works for you. It works. It's my right. daily dose of free medicine.
0: <laughs> and do you feel a difference when you go to the meeting and you come out? Absolutely. It's huge, right? I've never
1: felt worse after a meeting. Yeah. It's like working out. You know, you go to the Oh, gym, yeah. You <clears> never <throat> feel worse after a workout.
0: No, you don't. It's a, it's it's getting to it. Yeah. It always seems to be the struggle. Yep. But isn't that life in general? mm mm-hmm. um, You know, I've always said, Um. you know, Um, I came into um, a higher power at the age of 38 uh, because I felt something was missing in my life and I didn't know what it was. Uh, My higher power called God. Um, You know, um, and that's a huge um, part of recovery for people. It's not the part, but it is a huge part, um, that higher power, that turning your life over, surrendering, Mm -hmm. things that we don't like to do. But uh, in doing those things, I found um, almost like a a Sense of freedom, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't feel like you know, I'm a, I'm a Marine, don't surrender, right? You know, but I actually grew stronger in my surrendering, and um, uh, I, I realized one time I was working with my father, working a ton of hours, we were at each other's throats, we were in construction, you know, we were working in Boston. And I remember he said, I got to go to a meeting tonight, I haven't been to a meeting in uh, a while because, um, uh, you know, we, um, we've been working so much. So he, he said, I'm going tonight. He he apologized for his behavior and Mm -hmm. stuff. And I remember the next, the next morning when he picked me up to head into work, he was totally different, totally different. And I was just, I I didn't really truly understand it at that moment. I do now, but like, I just thought, you know, wow, like I, like it really uh, stuck out. Like he, he was very peaceful. Mm -hmm. He was just, just a totally different person. And, um, (laughs) And I almost liken liking that now to me for to church. Mm-hmm. When I go to church, um, you know, and I slack off from time to time, and I can feel, I can feel like. You if, get that angst. Uh, yeah, yeah, angry. And yep. and, and so, um, but I, I, at some point I, realized I made that kind of that connection. That was like his church. He needed to get to that weekly. Yep. Because it grounded him, it got him right back where he needed to be to prepare for the maybe for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know that you were saying you're a personal trainer, Jay, and um, year you, I saw Jay at the gym today, and he was doing a full body workout. I was. Um, <laughs> so, um, and obviously, that's also part of Absolutely. your your recovery, right? Yeah,
1: that's as as important to me personally as as the twelve step program, right? Because it's it it's my active meditation. I don't think about <coughs> anything else right. when I'm exercising. Yeah, I'm just You're focused. in the zone. In the zone. I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sometimes <laughs> I have to put my hand uh <laughs> AJ <laughs>
1: cuz yeah. But, but you know you box, yeah. mountain yeah. bike, I yeah. like I said you never feel worse after a workout. No, never. Your endorphins are kicking Your yeah. you know, the serotonin's going, everything just feels better. Yeah, you know. It's a better high. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's no side effects.
0: So um um And what about eating right and all those things? That is a big part of it, too, for me. What do Um, you do? What's your your diet like?
1: I'm actually, um, right now I'm doing no sugar, which is very difficult because I think I put Ben and Jerry's kids through college. Yep. (laughs) And um, I love ice cream. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult. I do miss it once in a while, but I've noticed a huge difference, especially with my mental clarity. Yeah. Just because most sugar is processed garbage. Yep. Especially something like ice cream. Which we love, yeah. You know, and I just—I have been off of, for the most part, I've cheated here and there, but I've been off of sugar and, and simple carbs for almost ninety days now. Yeah, and I've noticed I, a huge difference. You know what I did?
0: Um, what is that? The, is it the whole thirty? Yep. S- yep. Very similar, isn't yep. it? Yep.
1: I did that last
0: year, and I could—I I definitely felt yeah. a difference physically and mentally. And mentally, yeah. But I'm also, I love sugar. You just mentioned ice cream, and I know there's ice cream in the freezer yeah, yes. when I get home. And <laughs> so I'm you're like, already Uh-oh. obsessing about it? Yeah, so don't be coming around my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> see us at the gym with the right. ice cream all over us. But um, yeah, so these are some of the things that you've done, and then they've helped you. So you basically, it, you've changed your whole routine. So, like, yeah. like, I've always said that you have to. Um, get rid of those bad habits and create new habits, and which is it's hard to do because we are uh, creatures of routine, and once we get into a routine, it's so hard to break. But it can be done. Yeah. Um. And uh, and if um done properly, they those become your new routines, yep. and they really help you a lot. And um, now there were some. How are your relationships? Obviously, they. they I know they're good now. Yeah. But,
1: um. They're good. I, I took a lot of time away from my family just yeah. to focus on myself and they were very understanding and, and receptive and no. I actually went to Vermont for three months and lived there wow. to do volunteer work I missed my first Christmas ever with my family yeah. and they were fine with it because they're like you need to do you right. and get, get fixed and get better and get healthy and you know we're here for you when you get back and always Yeah. so my relationships are strong and the biggest thing that I've learned through recovery and the 12 step program is just be honest Yeah. you know no. So it's all about honesty, and honesty with myself first and foremost. Right. You know. That's true, too. Um, do you still do any, like, service work? And I do. I try to volunteer places at least twice a year. I do a little volunteer work at um, the MSPCA, whatever the. Yeah, the animal. The um, animal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. Down there, and the uh, Greater Boston Food Bank.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right next to my place.
1: Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm at um, mm. the House of Corrections. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah right next door. Yeah. yeah. So so I promised myself when I got sober that I would volunteer at least twice a year yep. somewhere. You know,
0: and, and, and um, I've listened to a lot of people, and um, giving back and, and serving others is a huge part of uh, people's recovery. It really helps them stay on track. Oh, God, yeah. But I think more importantly um, – Self-care is huge. Like yep. you were saying, you, doing those five to six meetings a week is – is. I mean, you don't have to do five to six meetings. But, you know, you, 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 I, I listen to a lot of people. I always see a lot of people come through our place, and uh, they've been clean sober for maybe, I don't know, a year, two years maybe, sometimes even longer. And then they end up back with us, and it's like, what's up? What happened? And, you know, oh, you know, I was helping so-and-so. They were helping everybody but themselves. Mm-hmm. And so yep. – you know, um, that self-care is huge in your sobriety, so you always have to take care of yourself. Um, tell everybody that you wrote a book.
1: It's called I And Did. Drink I Did, right? And Drink I Did was published in July of 2015.
0: And what was a book <coughs> basically what you were...
1: Yeah, it, it's <coughs> basically... I don't know if you've ever been to a 12-step meeting, but it's basically what I say from the podium, the long version. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's It starts when I'm a kid and and goes all the way up until... I was five years sober at the time that I yep. wrote it. So, yeah, and it's 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 just it's very simple, very straightforward. Yep. Kind of rough around the edges, kind of raw. I don't hold any punches. Yeah. I don't sugarcoat anything. Yep. Nor do I dramatize anything. It's just this is who I am. I have to accept who I am. This is what I did, and this is what I'm doing to stay sober. Yeah, and you, but you, you must go into detail more about your
0: drinking. And I everything. do. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I remember the, when I was saying earlier excuse me um, we did that uh, video um, a couple of years ago um, I remember at some point you were talking about uh, being in Florida hanging out of a car it was flying down the road yeah yeah that was a good time so that's in the book <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> in the book yeah <laughs> so so uh, yeah you can get that book and where can you get the book it's on Amazon and it's on iTunes Amazon and iTunes it's called And Drink I Did by Jay Keefe uh, we're going to wrap this up so um, we uh, appreciate everybody uh, watching, and if you're uh, listening on iTunes or, or Podbean, thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> you know what I'll do? Can there must be? I'll put the link. Yeah, I can to s- that. Yep. Yeah, I'll put the link to the um, to the book on the uh, the podcast. And um, what do you do when uh, before we go? Uh, what do you do with the um, animals? I know you're a big dog guy. Oh, I am, and I, that's what I do. I walk the
1: dogs at the shelter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And is the shelter? Where is the? Um, is it the? I don't go to Angel. It's too busy and too depressing. I go to the one down in, I think it's um, Mashpee. Oh, okay. Right, right over the bridge. Yep. It's like the first or second exit. How many dogs do you have? I have one. One just passed in January. Oh, okay. Was yeah. that the um, the dog that passed? Is that
0: one that's on your profile picture? Yes, exactly, Grace. Um, how old? She was ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. No. Um, you know we um we house fosters. Oh, you do? Yeah. My my wife does, yeah. and then um. You know, I just, I go, I, I go with go the flow. <laughs> I, I'm literally stepping over dogs in my house. Yeah, that's Aren't they amazing? They're, they're the best, you know, and no matter what, you come home and it's nothing but love. Yeah. You know, they're just. And happiness. And happiness, right. Um, except when they crap somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, you need to step over it. Yeah. I, le- I, I opened, them. I was going to work the other morning and I, I opened the bedroom door and I knew immediately one of the dogs crapped in the house. Because yeah. we're babysitting, Um, it's actually, we've had them now for three weeks. There are a couple of. um. Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, Great dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very, very cool. But um, so, you know what? Um, let me make a quick couple of quick announcements. Again, this is Rock Bottom to Recovery. Um, I'm also a part of um, of uh, the Holbrook Cares Coalition, which is in Holbrook. Um, they meet um, every first Tuesday at the Holbrook Town Hall from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, they have a Facebook page, so there are, there's all kinds of resources on the page that you can go to. Also check out our past episodes. Uh, we got some uh, some um, really cool episodes and we cover so much um, last three episodes we were talking about the legalization of marijuana and because uh, you know I think that 's going to be an issue at some point mm-hmm. uh, but we 've covered everything we covered higher power um, opiates, uh, all kinds of addiction pornography there was another one. Um, so, we get some pretty cool um guest speakers and uh, uh podcast episodes uh You know what I was going to say so next week um we 're going to have Kevin Rosario from Gosnold. oh really yeah, so uh, do you know Kevin it sounds familiar kevin 's awesome, amazing amazing guy he has a very very powerful story too um in recovery works for Gosnold, um, has worked for them for quite some time. Um, does a lot actually we were talking about self-care he's very very big into making sure that he's taking care of himself Mm -hmm. Um, yeah he so he's our um, guest speaker next week and then the week after we have uh, Elizabeth Loud Um, she's going to talk about her recovery Um, she's a um, I think it's Muay Thai uh, fighter Uh, she's pretty badass so she's going to come in and talk about uh, her uh, recovery and how she got there and uh, there was one other thing I was going to say, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I guess that's it. Jay, thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. It Thanks was a pleasure you. to have you here. And uh, we hope you guys liked it. And uh, message us. And if you, if you know somebody that you think would be a guest speaker, message me on uh, Facebook. And uh, take care. Guys, be safe. Bye-bye. <laughs>